Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet church service. And may I say, happy Pentecost Sunday to you. Praise the Lord wherever you might be at in the world today. We're going to take our Bibles. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 28. And I want to pray a special prayer over the special seeds that you have been bringing in the Pentecostal pure gold offering, which has been designated for the television outreach. I want to pray over your special offering and let's first take a look at a couple of verses so that we can understand why we do what it is that we do. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now notice how the Lord Jesus takes that authority and he delegates it to the church. Verse 19, go therefore. So that is the delegation of divine authority to go, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Now to make disciples in the Greek means you are working with those who are under discipline. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. Sometimes we think discipline, oh, that's not good. But if you didn't have discipline or a form of training, you would never make good progress in anything. In other words, discipline means you're, you show up, you're there for the teaching, you're applying the teaching. So you are becoming a disciple. You're not just some kind of casual follower. You're a disciple. Go therefore and make disciples. And what will take place as you are disciplined in the word of God, in the ways of the kingdom, you become discipled and you become equipped and that allows you and that empowers you to do what? To now be able to disciple others. Woo, praise the Lord. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing or immersing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Now you've probably noticed that a large part of my ministry is teaching. That's because the Lord has called me to do that. Yes, I do some preaching. Hallelujah. We have fun times with preaching, but I'm mainly teaching. I'm getting the word into the believers. So my ministry first and foremost is to build up the body of Christ. My ministry is primarily to the body of Christ to strengthen the Lord's church. Now I'm also evangelistic in nature because we care about the lost, but what takes place is because we stay on assignment of building up the church. There is an outworking blessing of that uh, where we reach many that are lost and the lost, they just come on in because they hear it. They like it. It's something that they're like, Hey, this is what I've been looking for all my life. Salvation, a savior, someone that can fix my sin issues and wash them all away. And so we win many in the process. Praise God. Uh, again, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So there are commandments. Somebody once said that this is not a book of, uh, you know, do's and don'ts and rules and regulations. Well, I know that it's a, it's a love letter. I understand that. But at the same time, yes, when God said, don't do this, he meant that. And, and I'm a, as a minister, I'm supposed to teach that <laughs> because if you disobey commandments, 
you're going to get in trouble. It's going to bite you. And we don't want that to happen. And we don't want to learn by trial and experience. We want to follow the instruction manual so that we may have an enjoyable life, a successful life, and a very satisfying walk with the Lord, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So the largest outreach of the ministry of Stephen Brooks International is the television ministry, because each week we are speaking to a satellite footprint that covers well over a billion souls. Now, are they all watching at the same time? No, because there's, you know, different, different networks and different channels and there's different time zones and things like that. But even still, we are throwing a huge net to a satellite footprint of over 1 billion people. And by God's grace, that number is increasing because we have just signed, as I said last week with another network. And uh, so the Lord and that, that network has an outreach of uh, satellite footprint of 9 million people. But as these numbers, which, you know, you start running into the millions, uh, it, it's kind of like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but again, these are very, very large numbers that we are reaching. So what are we doing? We're taking God's word and we are strengthening the church. We're equipping the church to walk in victory. And we are also giving an opportunity for the lost to receive Christ. And that is our version. That's our effort to go. Therefore, when Jesus said, go, therefore, that's our effort to be involved and to do our part in the great commission. Thank you for standing with me uh, in this outreach of television ministry. Because television is costly. You have to pay for the airtime. You have to pay for the, the producing of the shows. And then once the shows are recorded, and it takes a whole team to do that, then all of that programming goes into post-production with all of the editing and everything that's involved in that. And eventually it all pops out all ready to go. But then you have to get that to the appropriate channels. And there's very high tech means and methods of syncing all of that and doing all of that. So television is an expensive endeavor, but it is literally a, it's an international global in uh, reaching endeavor. And so we're honored to be doing what God has called us to do. And, you know, I was talking, oh, this was maybe like 17 years ago, I was talking with the minister and he was pretty well known in California. Today, he's very well known because of uh, how the Lord has lifted up his ministry and so forth. But I was having lunch with him about 17 years ago, and we were talking about Christian television because he didn't have a Christian television program, but he was always a guest. And uh, because he was a well-known pastor, he was always a guest, uh, you know, with on Christian television networks. And he told me something very interesting. He said, Stephen, he said, there are a lot of ministers that try to do television or want to do television. But he said, television is a calling from the Lord and it's something from God that you either have it or you don't have it. And we were talking about a certain minister, a pastor of a large church that he and I both knew. And, and of course still know today. And this pastor thought, well, I've got a large church and you know, I, I give good sermons, good messages. And he thought, well, I'm going to go into television, but he went in the television and there was just no response. 
uh, it, it just, he didn't have it. And I remember at lunchtime, um, as me and this pastor talked, he brought up as an example that, that particular minister. And he said, Stephen, he has a good message. He has a very good church. He's a great pastor, but he doesn't have it for TV. And I, I just said, well, you know, I noticed the same thing. It's not being critical. It's just there's different anointings in the body of Christ. And when the Lord has called you into something, you go in the direction of what he has called you to do. Because there's a, trust me, there's a million different directions you could go. So you find your anointing and you find your calling and you go in that direction. But let me say this. It is an honor from the Lord to be called into television ministry. Why? Because as a teacher, you're speaking into the lives of a lot of people. And of course that means I'm responsible for what I teach One day I'll stand before the Lord and I'll have to give an account of, you know, the doctrines that I taught, the, the, the word that I taught. And I'm believing it's going to be a good report because I'm convinced that God's word and particularly the word of faith message and the prophetic message and, you know, the things we share, the gifts of the Spirit, the walk with the Lord. These are things that are foundational truths and even more advanced teaching that God wants to bring His people into. So I celebrate this calling into television. There used to be this black eye that was upon certain ministers. They would be branded as televangelists. Even if they weren't an evangelist, just by being on television, they were labeled as televangelists. Well, I celebrate that label. <laughs> Praise God. I, I'm there to evangelize. I'm there to teach. I'm there to equip. And I rejoice in the calling that God has for this ministry concerning television. And Pure Gold, which is our half-hour program that is on television, is blessing the lives of many people. And yes, it does also reach the lost and is winning those that are lost to Christ. Praise God. So thank you for standing with me and with this ministry. My wife and I, we are so thankful for your support, your prayers, your giving. And the giving, uh, I tell you what, many of you, so many of you are just really responding to God's heart in this because it is for souls and it is for strengthening the church. Don't take for granted that the beautiful truths that you know that everybody else out there in the church just knows that too. Um, you know, we're not in the dark ages. It's not like we're back in the, you know, the year 800 AD, but there still is a lot uh, of darkness that could be in the church just because some have not had the privilege of hearing the revelatory truths and teaching that you have been able to walk into and that you now enjoy and you see the great fruit of that producing righteousness and peace and victory in your life. So my friends, let's continue to do all we can to take the good news to the world. Amen. Now one more verse would be Exodus chapter 30 because when I was going to get the name of the television program trademarked with the U.S. Trademark Patent Office and so forth, I had to get the name just right. And I said, Lord, I like the name Pure Gold. And Kelly and I, we had about five names, but we kind of kept coming back to that one. I said, Lord, I like that name Pure Gold. And 
Um, but I said, Lord, I really need to know because it's not like I'm going to be able to change this later because once you start to get branded, a message or, you know, a ministry name gets branded, it's not like you want to go back and change that. If your name is Coca-Cola, you don't want, well, let's just change that. No, you've built up. You've built up a name in that area. So I said, Lord, I've got to get the TV name for the program right. And I went before the Lord in prayer and a tremendous anointing uh, of the presence of the Lord and the mind of Christ uh, came into the room and I was touched by the power of God. And I had a visitation from the Lord. And in that experience with God, the Lord told me, turn to Exodus chapter 30, verse three, and I'll tell you the name of your television program. And so I started turning there, opened up my Bible, started turning there. And as I did, uh, because it's going to take me like, you know, 10 seconds to get there. As I was turning there, I was thinking, hmm, if I'm correct, Exodus chapter 30 is talking about the various pieces of furniture that are placed within the tabernacle of Moses. And I was correct, but I, uh, you know, it wasn't like I had the chapter memorized or anything like that. So I was very excited to see uh, what verse three was going to say, because he said, I'll show you the name uh, of your program, Exodus chapter 30, verse three. And so I found Exodus 30, found verse three. This is actually the same Bible that I was using when I had that visitation from the Lord. And when I looked at verse three, I read it and it said, and you shall overlay its top its sides all around. By the way, this is talking about the altar of incense, which just, just so happens to be my favorite piece of holy furniture that is in the tabernacle temple system. Now, yes, I, I would have to say the Ark of the Covenant is more important, but don't forget, it is the altar of incense, which is a representation of the prayer life of Jesus which is designed to reveal the way that he wants us to pray. It's prayer, the altar of incense right before the curtain, right before the Holy of Holies. It's prayer that takes you into the presence of the Lord where the Ark of the Covenant is at it and so forth. So that's, that's the glory. That's the really good stuff, but you get into it through prayer. That's why we teach a lot about prayer. We talk about it, about it and we also are aware of the symbolism expressed through these Old Testament types and shadows. Now, verse 3, and you shall overlay its top, that's the altar of incense, overlay its top, its sides all around, and its horns. There were four horns pointing outward in different directions on top of that uh, altar of incense, and its horns with pure gold. And when I read that, the, the, the two words, pure gold, were lifted up off of the page. It looked like a 3D hologram, and they were glistening. And the, and the Lord spoke and said, the name of your program will be pure gold. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. And it is uh, trademarked in the U.S. Patent Office today with national and international uh, uh, trademark uh, accomplishments all done. Praise God. It's good to get that done. And so, my friends, the Lord, the Lord's calling for us into television is not something that I just thought, hey, this will be a good idea for ministry outreach. No, it's a calling. And it has taken a lot of work, a lot of effort, and a lot of prayer to step into it and see it develop. And so we have been on the air now for almost exactly one year with five major networks. We have now gone to six networks. We have never been late on one single Payment. We have paid every single time 
on time. Praise the Lord. And I tell you what, uh, it's no secret. Now, the networks like to do business with a ministry like this. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I know that it's because of your generous giving and God touching your heart and you having a heart for the Lord's purposes. Amen. So thank you for standing with us in this calling of television ministry. Is it expensive? Is it costly to do television? Yes, but God has called and therefore God will supply. And all you have to do is just do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And every need will be met. Praise God. Now I want to pray for those of you, of course, that are bringing in your regular tithes, but I also want to pray a special prayer right now for everybody that right now is sowing your pure gold offering. This is your Pentecostal gold offering. And I'm going to pray for those that have also already gotten theirs in. You've mailed it in and, or you have brought it in online. I'm going to pray for you too. Now keep in mind that this is a gold offering because the Lord told Moses, tell the people to bring an offering of gold, silver, or brass. And then he went into different types of thread and cloth and then gemstones and things like that. But because the altar of incense is laid over with pure gold and the television ministry is named after that, the Lord said, this has to be a gold offering. So this has to be our very best offering. My wife and I have sown into this with our own personal money because we believe in the call of God and what the Lord is doing here. And the offerings have already been coming in, but this is your opportunity to connect with the Lord because the Lord told me that those that sow into this special Pentecostal offering, pure gold offering, he showed me a vision in which the golden oil will touch your offering. I said, Lord, what is that oil? Cause I could see it. It was very, uh, it had a high, it had what I would call a high viscosity. It wasn't thick. It was golden oil that was hot and it would just flow almost like water. I mean, it was like a liquid. So this is not something that's being poured real slow. This is you pour it and it's just, just go like, it's like hot oil. And the Lord said, it's the golden oil of prosperity. And he said, he'll bless those that sow into this and touch their seed and touch their lives with the golden oil of prosperity. All right. So if you haven't done so yet, bring your precious prosperity golden seed in right now. Praise the Lord. If you're mailing it in, please send it to Stephen Brooks International P.O. Box 717 Moravian Falls, North Carolina, zip code 28654. If you would like to bring your pure gold Pentecostal offering in online, you can do so right now. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage. It's a red stripe. It says give. It has a heart on it. You can click that and you'll see the, the, the tab that will allow you to give your regular tithe. Thank you for doing that because there's the regular tithe that supports the general operating expenses of the ministry. And then you'll see the opportunity to sow into the Pentecostal pure gold offering. And it's these types of special offerings that allow us to do the special things. And this special thing is the outreach of the television ministry. Praise God. Lift your hands to receive a special blessing from the Lord. 
Father, I pray for all of those that have sown and are sowing right now into the pure gold television ministry. They love you. They love your people. They want your people to walk in the truths that they enjoy. And Father, they love the lost. And you said, go into all the world and preach and teach. And this is our, this is our outreach to do this. And Father, they, they love the lost. And they have given, many of them have given sacrificially. They have given their gold offering their very, very best. I ask right now, Father God, that that golden oil that I saw in the spirit realm, I ask that you release the oil of prosperity upon their finances now. Thank you, Father. Let it be poured upon their finances, dissolving all debt, eliminating debt. Thank you, Father God, paying off any unpaid bills. I thank you that the golden oil of prosperity is flowing on them now. I speak increase over their finances. Those of you that are watching, receive the anointing of increase upon your life, a golden harvest, Woo, golden favor, golden prosperity all over your life. Woo. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we call it done. Amen. And amen. Woo, praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Just lift your hands and thank Him. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for the golden oil of prosperity. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the souls that are going to be saved through these programs. Thank you, Father God, for the believers that will be built up and set free from discouragement or depression or sickness or disease. Thank you, Father God, for the word illuminating your people and bringing those that would be in defeat into places of victory, strong discipleship. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hear the Lord say, I have received your offering. It is received. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Be looking and expecting the miracle. Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles today. And I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to keep in the theme today of Pentecost. Because what we're going to be looking at symbolizes the Pentecostal experience. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let's pray. Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would enlighten the eyes of our understanding, that light would come in, and that we can see the truth of your word, and that we can apply it, walk in it, live in it, and enjoy it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. Now, you're very familiar with this, the cloud leading the children of Israel through the 40-year wilderness Sinai desert experience. Woo! They were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea and all were baptized or immersed into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So we're seeing quite a few parallels here. This is revealing to us the journey of Israel. 
And there's a lot of symbolism associated with this. These were real events, but they were written for us so that we can have understanding of what they went through. For instance, there was their deliverance out of Egypt. Egypt being a word picture or a symbolism of being in the world lost in sin and separated from God, being ruled over by a Pharaoh, an evil taskmaster, a form or a symbol of Satan, and then crossing through the Red Sea. In other words, they come out of that Egyptian captivity. They have their exodus, amen. They had their Passover, Passover being a symbol of the salvation experience. And then there is the Red Sea crossing, which is a type of baptism. And they were immersed in a sense into Moses, their leader, but we are immersed into Christ. Poo, praise God, our leader, glory to God. And it's also a representation that baptism is of going down into a watery grave, passing out of a previous position of spiritual death, now into a position of spiritual life. In other words, victory on the other side, the Egyptians are now cut off. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. But we know also, also once they got to the other side, they had their, their tests, their trials, and they had their, their long journey. But eventually, eventually they got to the Jordan River crossing the Jordan representation of the cutting off of the flesh. Now, this is not like salvation. This is a deeper experience. This is the, the experience of knowing that you are crucified with Christ. Woo, praise the Lord. And the life that you're now, you're now living, you're living for him. Glory to God. So it represents circumcision. It represents the cutting off of the flesh nature and a heart to follow after God and serve the Lord. And then, then after you've crossed that Jordan, you're now into what? The Canaan land. That's the promised land. This is a representation of going into the Canaan land is the representation, not of water baptism, not of going to heaven, but of that of being baptized in the Holy Spirit as we know it as being the Pentecostal experience. Now, when I grew up in church, we used to sing a song uh, quite often out of the hymn book that was called, you know, on, Jor on Jordan's stormy bank I stand and cast a wishful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. And then we were sing about going into Canaan's land as if we were going to heaven. But my friends, the promised land there in Canaan was not a type or a symbol of heaven. Because when you get to heaven, there's no giants to drive out. <laughs> Aren't you glad? <laughs> when you get to heaven, there's no cities to possess. Uh, no, that was all on the earth. And that's what you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit for, that empowerment to do what God has called you to do, which is to what? Is to possess your land, to possess the promises of God. So, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 11. Now, all these things happened to them as examples. Now, the word examples there in the Greek is the word tupos, and it's where we get our theological word type, T-Y-P-E. And when you look from a new covenant perspective back 
to the old covenant or you look back past the cross, you see that so many of their real life experiences that they went through, those things were examples for us. Those things were types for us, types or word pictures or uh, elements of symbolism where you could see, wow, I maybe haven't gone through that exact physical thing they're going through, but I can really relate from a spiritual perspective of what it was they went through. And you see their successes, you see their failures, and we can learn from those examples. Now, all these things, that's all of the old covenant experiences happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So we can look at what they went through and we can see the good things and we can take it, learn from it, avoid the bad things, the things that caused uh, them to get tripped up or to fall. And we're going to go and do all that God has called us to do. Now, having looked at this, let's go now to the book of Joshua chapter one, Verse 1, praise the Lord, because in celebration of Pentecost, it's now time to go into the Canaan land, which is what that is a representation of. That is a word picture of the believer baptized in the Holy Spirit going into their Canaan land and possessing the promises of God. Hallelujah. I believe today I'm speaking to believers who have not yet possessed all that God has called you to take and to do. So I would encourage you listen carefully today because God wants you to take every bit of land, every promise that rightfully belongs to you, even should there be obstacles or giants or, you know, the enemy with iron chariots and all the things that he ran into the old Testament. Regardless of the obstacle, God has a way for you to receive and take what is rightfully yours. Praise the Lord. Joshua chapter 1. Let's go to verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Now, Moses is gone. Joshua, he's the man. He's matured. He's grown a lot. We saw we were allowed, and I'm glad the Holy Spirit allowed this, some examples, some uh, open window moments where we could see that Joshua was in a growing process, such as the time that he got jealous that um, other, other people were prophesying, and he's like, hey, you know, Moses, you got to shut this down, and Moses is like, no, you know, would that everybody could prophesy, <laughs> you know, this, this, is, this is good. <laughs> We shouldn't want to restrict the Holy Spirit or the gift of prophecy. And so you see Joshua growing. You see Joshua's hunger really spending a lot of time there at the tabernacle in the presence of the Lord. And now he is the man that God has picked to be the successor of the great man Moses. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. To the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Into the land we go. Mm -mm. Now look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, 
in our own generations, we've had some Moseses. We've had great men and great women of God. Maybe we could call them the generals of faith. That seems to be how they have been labeled. I think that's a very accurate and a very honorable label. These great generals of faith, and many of them, of course, they have passed on to their eternal reward there in heaven. But my friends, Every generation brings new possibilities. It brings new things. And while we rejoice in the great leaders that we have had that have set golden examples and have set high watermarks of, you know, the anointing and miracles and things accomplished and stuff like that. Yet this is now our time. And this is the Joshua gener generation moment. And just as God was with Moses and just as God was with Many of the great generals of faith before us, we still have that same good word from the Lord that he's with us. Now look at verse five again. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, as they're going to go into the land and they're going to go up against real physical enemies armed with uh, swords, spears, shield, uh, shields, catapults, and all kinds of other things, bows and arrows and stuff like that. And the Israelites, they're going to go up against armies where they could see, hey, they've got some pretty good uh, big sized guys over here. Look at that one. He's six foot eight. Wow. Looks like he's been working out at the gym too. But it, it doesn't matter. Look what God said. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. In other words, sure, they may have all the armor. They may have all the tech gadgets. They, they have, uh, you know, good training. They may have this and that. But God says, I'm with you. And there's not one of them that can stand against you. Mm -mm -mm. It kind of reminded me when I was in, uh, I was actually in college and I had, I had a weekend off. So I left college, went home. And when I went home, my younger brother had a uh, cross country race. And uh, because he started earlier than I did, he, while he was in high school, had more time to build up his running career. And by the time he was a senior, he was pretty much unbeatable. And so, uh, although, you know, at the, at the starting line, you could have 350, 400 people and, you know, you could look and you could think, wow, they, there looks like some really good runners here. Uh, to me, I could just, I could just look at them all and say, it doesn't matter. He's going to win. <laughs> Why? Why is he's better? He's done more training. He's just better. And he's there. They may look intimidating. It's not going to matter. Give it a mile or two and everybody's going to know. And so when I went home to watch him race, I caught up with my coach who was at the halfway point and I, uh, I didn't see, I didn't see my brother and I saw like a, a long string, you know, cause once that, uh, once the runners start, you might have 400 people, but again, you know, it'll start to thin out. And I saw this lot, the, the gun, the uh, thin out and I saw a whole bunch of runners, the top pack. And I, I didn't see my brother. I said to the coach, I said, where's my brother? He goes, Oh, he's not even over in this area. He's already made the halfway turn. He's already hitting back home. <laughs> he's way over there. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. There was nobody that could stand against him. And this thing, though, with the Lord is on a totally different level, way beyond even uh, these physical type things. When you're walking with the Lord and you're on assignment and you're possessing what he's told you, that's your rightful inheritance. There is a knowing that comes to you through the same Holy Spirit that is the same Holy Spirit that spoke to all the ones before us. And he says, no man shall be able to stand before you. Now we can, 
we can work with that word man, and you could put obstacle or difficulty or challenge. No obstacle shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So you may be called to possess this city, and it may not be a literal city, but you may be called to do this certain thing. And there's all these obstacles. There's all this like, oh, Lord, who, who am I? Well, nobody, really. This, this is all reverting back to the power of God. Yes, we're going to have faith, and we're going to endeavor to do what we can do. But you and I both know that this, this is going to take the power of God. But we know what He has done before. We know what, we, what He did here in the book of Joshua. We know what He has done throughout church history. And now, guess what? It's our time. Mm, 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 mm. And the saints in heaven who have finished their course, guess what? They're looking over the balcony at heaven, and they're looking at you, and they're saying, come on, do it. God's with you just like he was with us. Go for it. Move forward. Mm -mm. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. From a New Testament perspective, perspective see God instructing you in the same way that he instructed Moses, where God literally came to Joshua and said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Woo! Hey, that's not just for a week or so. That's for the remaining days of your life. You are unbeatable. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. This equates to continual progress on your God-given assignments. Now, Let's go to Joshua chapter 10, and let's drop down to verse 5. We have the five kings that are going to now give Joshua what would appear to be a real challenge. Now, he's been knocking off cities. Yeah, they had a little hang-up at Ai because of Achan's sin. They got that fixed, got that ironed out real quick, got rid of Achan. And uh, now there does seem to be a conglomeration of some kings that are determined to make a stand against this invincible army. I mean, they, they heard how God dried up the Red Sea. They heard how God dried up the Jordan River when they crossed it. And they heard what happened at Jericho. And they're afraid. Now look at this. Therefore, the five kings of the Amorites... The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered together and went up. They and all their armies encamped before Gibeon and made war against it. Now, Israel and Gibeon have come into a treaty. Uh, it should have never happened, but the, you know, the Gibeonites pulled a fast one over the Israelites and acted like they were foreigners, had coming from a long journey, and wearing old clothes, and, and they really faked them out, and the leaders did not pray, and so they made a covenant, and now they're going to go have to help out their, uh, their alliance, the Gibeonites. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of, at Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us. In other words, uh, you know, we're outnumbered, and they're going to gang up on us and try to kill us. So get over here and help us quick. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. Now get ready for verse 8, and get ready to place yourself in that same position of Joshua. Verse 8, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them. Now you've got five kings with their five armies that have morphed into one giant army. And 
Of course, as you could see, that army all gathered together like, the, as they say, the proverbial sand on the seashore without number. You, you would, couldn't help but notice, hey, they've got some pretty big guys on their team. Wow, they've got some advanced weapons over there. Wow, those guys, boy, they must have been really working out. So in the natural, you know, this just takes God. But I'm here today to tell you with a prophetic decree that God is with you, and he wants you to know it, and he wants you to believe it, and he wants you to act on it. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them. Woo, praise God. For I have delivered them into your hand. Now notice this again is the language of God, which is, which is a faith statement because he says, I have that that's past tense means I've already done it. I've already delivered them into your hand. Now see, they're still standing over there and they're still ready to wage war. But God says for basically from his perspective, I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. It doesn't matter how big they are. It doesn't matter how many repetitions they've been doing in the squat rack. It doesn't matter how much they can bench press. It doesn't matter if they can outdo you and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. The moment you guys walk up and you start swinging your swords, they're going down. And I'm going to work through you to cut them down. Mm -mm. Whoo, praise the Lord. We have got to get our eyes on the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit, because it's not by our physical might or by our physical strength or our intellect or our ingenuity. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Do not fear them, for I've delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Can you imagine should God tell you something like that on the projects that he's called you to take on? Mm -mm. I believe he is saying that today and let it reverberate through your spirit, your soul, and your whole body. May it shake you even in your body, knowing that the power of God is with you to do what he has called you to do. Mm -mm. I see unusual favor dropping all over you. I see unusual doors opening you uh, for you because God's favor is upon you and people supernaturally like you to agree that it doesn't even make any sense. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at verse 10. So the Lord routed them before Israel. I mean, this is not like the struggle where, you know, uh, we won, but we barely won and God barely got us through. No, this is like a total rout. This is the legacy of Joshua. This is the calling card of Joshua. We're not just coming in. We're coming in hard. We're coming in hard. Praise the Lord. And we're coming in the wind. Woo, praise the Lord. And he went, on, he went on a string of just successive victories of winning, 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 winning over and over. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. And that's God's plan. That's God's plan. Now listen, God does not have one plan in his playbook for you that's planned for your failure. Oh, it's not like God says, now he's been winning too much. She's been having too many victories. Let me give them a taste of victory just to keep them, uh, excuse me, a taste of sour defeat just to keep them humble. No, no, you can keep your own self humble. You can, you can maintain your walk with the Lord and just keep the victories going. Boom, 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 boom. Woo, glory to God. Until you go home to be with the Lord, until you do, have done all that he has called you to do. Mm -mm. I see you routing the enemy. I see you breaking through. And it's not just a little victory. It's a route. 
Woo! It, it's, it's an all-out win. Mm -mm. So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with the great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Machedah. Verse 11, let's dig into this. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down large hailstones. Now, this, <laughs> this happening over there in the land of Canaan might remind some of you listening in the, um, the Tulsa area, that area of Amarillo, where you have this, uh, they call it Tornado Alley. And I've been there. I've, I've been there when the tornadoes were acting up, acting naughty. And I've been there in a small hailstorm. But that is a place in America where it can uh, have hail come down that's literally the size of softballs. Not golf balls or baseballs. Yes, that's easy. But even softballs sometimes. That's big. But let me tell you what was raining down that day in the land of Canaan. It could have been basketball size hail because it was being thrown down. Now you understand that when God does this, God is working through his angelic army and they are throwing down these gigantic hailstones. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. What's going on? God is fighting for Israel. God is fighting for Israel so they can win. And the Lord wants to fight on your behalf through the angelic army, assisting you, aiding you so that the kingdom assignment gets accomplished. Praise God. Glory to God. The Lord is up to something really, really dramatic in your life. Praise the Lord. Let me read a story to you from a book. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And let me jump right. Oh, that story is right over here. I've got a couple of little neat stories I'd like to share with you. This one's fascinating. Now, there was a book that came out in the 80s called Angels on Assignment. And it was the story of the pastor, Roland Buck, who had encounters with angels, particularly with, uh, mainly it was an encounter with the uh, angel Gabriel, and now he also met the angel Michael, and he also had some visitations from the Lord Jesus himself. The book is rock solid, and it gives a lot of insight into the ministry of the angels. But what I would like to share with you is a little further teaching, which was not in that book. They were stories that Roland Buck recorded of visitations with Gabriel and other angels, one of the angels that was named was a captain in the war angel department. His name was Creone. And I want to tell you a little bit about some of his involvement behind the scenes in these biblical uh, events. And this uh, is a reading from that story. Praise God. Uh, Roland Buck, Pastor Roland Buck said, whoops, he said, I asked, let me catch up here. Just for a second. Oh, let me jump over to this part. Uh, the angel Creone told me of another interesting event 
when Israel was on a forced march, that was their overnight march that they took to get there to fight those five kings and their army early in the morning. They surprised him and showed up after an all-night march. Now, the angel said, the men of Gibeon hurriedly sent messengers to Joshua at Gilgal. Come and help your servants, they demanded. Come quickly and save us. For all the kings of the Amorites who live in the hills are here with their armies. So Joshua and the Israeli army left Gilgal and went to rescue Gibeon. Don't be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for they are already defeated. I have given them to you to destroy. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. God had decreed that Israel would have the victory, so they had to have the victory, but we were too, but they were too tired to fight. Creone said the angels had orders to intervene, but not to interfere with what God was doing in man's normal course of life. They, the angels, had a terrific experience when a group of the warring angels made huge ice balls and threw them down on top of the enemy forces. And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel, and they were going down the Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azekah, and they died. They were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. So in essence, Roland Buck had a conversation with the angel that was a captain in the angelic army under Michael's authority, this angel Creone was given permission along with his group to throw down these gigantic hailstones upon the enemy. I'm here today to say that God is with you, and with that utterance means that the angel armies of heaven are ready to assist you and help you behind the scenes as you go forward to possess the land that the Lord has called you to possess. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'd like to possess my land and come into this. How can I really just get after this? I want to do it. Well, I would say that the number one thing that you need to be engaging in is the art of prayer. Praise the Lord. Now, in Joshua chapter 10, verse 9, we see that Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly. That's those five kings and their huge army. He came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. Marching in the scriptures in the Old Testament, again, is a type. Remember, Paul said those were types and shadows, and it's all for our admonition. That marching all night long is symbolism of prayer. And yes, there can be times when you could just get into such a prayer mode, you end up praying all night long. And we see this, of course, in the beautiful life of Jesus, his ministry, Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Let's go there. Luke 6, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Now, you might ask yourself, why did he pray so long, such a, you know, overnight, all night long? That's a long time to pray. Well, it could be for several reasons. Number one, he was probably endeavoring to get the, the exact 
12 identified. And perhaps he got Peter real easy. You know, sometimes the ones that are easy, they, they come up, up first. But as he kept on praying, maybe he got number two, and then number three, and number four. And he kept on praying, and then got number five and six before. He ended up getting all 12. And there have been times when I've been praying, and as I've prayed, I, get, I would get the answer, but there needed to be more, and then I just kept on praying. Okay, I got the other part. And so it's like a puzzle. You start getting the pieces of the puzzle, and then when you get all the pieces, boom, it fits together. There's your 12. There's the whole thing. Well, it, maybe it took all night, but he's ready in the morning to get things done. And there's also that element of sometimes not just you're asking questions or you're making petitions. Sometimes it's also just fellowship and you're having a really good time with the Lord. But I, I also know that there's many scriptures where uh, it says Jesus departed and went to pray or Jesus went up on top of the mountain to pray by himself. And I think really, if we were to ask, what was he primarily praying about? I would say, number one, fellowship with the Father. But number two, he's most likely praying for his ministry, that all that is on the plate that is assigned for him to do, that he's going to get it all done. And I believe that he put a lot of prayer into his ministry. Now, you need to put a lot of prayer into your calling. And if you're not in the ministry, whatever your career calling is, and what God wants you to get done, you need to pray into that. Praise the Lord, just like Jesus did. And that, my friends, at times can require some marching. And by the way, if it's difficult to get in the spirit while you're praying, maybe on your knees or sitting down, or maybe you're having a, a challenge of falling asleep, then just get up and walk around, walk around uh, the, you know, uh, for me, I come, I come to the sanctuary sometimes and I just walk around and pray. And other times I go other places and just walk and pray, walk and pray, walk and pray. Um, this began to take place in my life. The first time it happened was about 23 years ago, where on Sunday nights, every week on Sunday night, I would get hit with this real powerful uh, desire, a craving to want to go pray. And because I was pastoring at that time, a church in Southern California, we had church on Sunday morning and we had church on Wednesday night, but Sunday night was free. So Sunday night, I would always go out and pray. And the place that I found that worked for me was uh, an area where there was a softball field and it had bleachers, but on Sunday night there was never any games. And so there was never anybody on the field or in the bleachers or anything like that. But because it was an open public park, I could still go to it. So I would go to the bleachers and I would just walk back and forth on the bleachers and I would pray in the spirit because I kept seeing these different nations going before me. And at that time I had not traveled at all internationally with ministry, but I just, I just knew that was uh, God's plan for my life. So I just started praying and started praying and just kept praying. And I did that for um, over a year, close to two years. And I had wonderful times. And I was out there almost every Sunday night just to do nothing but pray in the spirit, walking back and forth, walking back and forth. And I remember one night uh, on a Sunday night um, that some of the church members wanted to get together and have a meal. I said, yeah, let's, let's go do that. So I, I decided to skip my Sunday night prayer session. And so I ordered my food and uh, they ordered their food and, you know, Kelly's there and we're having a wonderful time. And the moment the food got put on the table, that 
urge to pray hit me so strong that I, I, I said, church family, I said, please excuse me, but the urge to pray is so strong, it's almost overwhelming, and I do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I've, I, I've, I've got something going on with the Lord on Sunday nights, and I, I should have been over there doing it. <laughs> I need to leave, and please excuse me. They said, oh, Pastor, we understand. Go ahead. Kelly understood because she knew that's what I'd been doing for quite some, a lengthy period of time. So I, it was so strong, I literally got up and left and whew, got there as quick as I could. It wasn't too far away. The restaurant we were eating at was actually in the same same uh, city, so I was there in ten minutes, and I, uh, what a relief I found to get back in my my march, my prayer march. Whoo, Lord, I praise you, praying in the spirit. And so it wasn't long after that that a door opened, television exposure took place, and somebody on the other side of the world saw it. And saw me, and they said, we have got to have Stephen Brooks come here. And they invited me to come. And so me and Kelly went around the world to the other side of the planet, and that started and launched our international ministry. And we've been going back and forth ever since. And I remember what was really neat is that the pastor, the apostolic pastor over the church, he said, Stephen, he said, I am so impressed how you through the call of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Lord, you have just stepped into the open doors that God has created for you through your prayers. And it, it really touched his heart because I wasn't going around like begging pastors, hey, can you give me a meeting? Can, you, can, can somebody give me a meeting? I wasn't doing that. I was just praying and doors were opening and then I would step into that. But it was because of that prayer poured in that the nations opened up and we're off and running to the nations. Praise God. So that's very important to march. If that works for you, then step into it. And by the way, there's been another project I've been working on now for about two, over two solid years. And only, only a few people know about it. Of course, my wife knows about it. But this has not just been like on a Sunday night. This, my friends, has been... Uh, usually six, uh, six out of every seven days. In other words, six days out of the week, I do this every night. I've been going somewhere and I've been marching around my city. It's not a real city. It's not like I'm walking around Jericho, but for me, I have to have a point of contact where I could release my faith. And for, for me, 20 something years ago, it was go out to the softball field, walk the bleachers because I, I could see it and I could pray. So I found another thing that allows me to connect with what I'm believing God to do. And I'm out there marching, not just once a week, every night, praying, praying in the spirit. Pastor Steve, what is it? What is it? You'll, you'll find out when the walls fall, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. This is a big wall. Praise God. But I, I believe in a big God. And I know when the miracle happens that I will go right up over that wall that's crumbled and come down and I will take a hold of what is my inheritance. Praise God. See, I'm talking about getting in the spirit. I'm not talking about natural cities or natural walls. I'm talking about promises of God. And so you have to find what works for you so you can do your marching. And don't be surprised if you're marching and the spirit takes hold. Now he will not do your praying for you, but he will uh, help you and he'll, but you've got to get over in the spirit, start praying. And there can come those times where the Holy spirit, as it says, Romans chapter eight, verses 26 to 28, that he in a sense takes hold 
And he takes hold. He can take you all night long. Mm -mm. Sure, have a cup of coffee. That helps you out. Sure, drink some water, whatever, whatever you need. Sit down for a few minutes if you need to. But I'm telling you, uh, marching, marching, praise the Lord. You've got to be a person of prayer. And I think that what can happen is that even though you enjoy the goodness of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, the increase of the Lord, there can still be times where it doesn't seem to make sense, but you can feel a little bit divinely unsatisfied within your heart. And maybe it's not even a little bit, maybe it's a lot. Why? Because God has something more for you and he wants you to possess all of your land, all of your inheritance, not just a portion of it. And then just sit back and say, that's good enough. No, you start living for the Lord and walking with the Lord. The Lord wants you to get everything that rightfully belongs to you. And so there can be this inward urge, this inward fiery passion that says, God, there's more. I, I'm thankful for all that you've done, but Lord, I know there's more. Whew. And it's that praying, it's that praying, getting over in the spirit and praying that helps you get into the fullness of all that God has for you. Praise the Lord. So I believe that there is a new season for you. I believe the new assignment is laid out clearly right before you and you need to pray and march and pray and march. And if it actually helps to walk around something, then find that and let that work for you. By the way, it's good exercise too. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. Now, Jen, excuse me, Joshua, let's go back very quickly. Joshua and we're going to go to Joshua chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Joshua 6. I want to begin to bring this to a close. I want to pray for you. This is a special Pentecostal day. This is a Pentecostal power anointing. Get ready. Joshua chapter 6, verse 3. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. March around your inheritance. Praise God. Stir yourself up in prayer. Glory to God. Now, let's go to verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him and they took the city. They took their inheritance. They took it through God's great miracle power and them working with God, working with this power, allowing the angels to do what they're anointed to do, and you do what you're anointed to do. Because you know God's going to do His part. My friends, we serve a mighty God. God is ready to perform miracles on your behalf. Get ready. Because I see that your miracle is coming to you. I've got another story of the walls falling down flat. Pastor Roland Buck speaking to that same angel, Creone. Now, he spoke to Gabriel. 
He spoke to Michael, the, the warring angel, but he also spoke to different angels. And he talked about when he spoke to uh, one of the military angel captains named Creone. And this angel also brought up this situation right here. Let's take a look at that. Roland Buck said, Creone told me the angels took their positions on top of those walls, waiting for the shout. Israel didn't even know what was going on in the sense like Israel wasn't quite sure how this was actually going to take place. But he, the angel said that Israel didn't even know what was going on, but God did. And the angels did. They waited. And when they heard the shout, every angel who was there pushed with all his might and strength and the great big thick walls went down into the ground. Those walls were thick enough to build a house on. And if they had tipped over or had been pushed over, there still would have been a wall because they were about as thick as they were high. God said to the angels, push them down. And the Bible tells us that the walls went down flat. That's Joshua chapter 6, verse 20. They didn't even have to pick their way through cracks and rubble because the walls were pushed down into the ground. And by the way, in the years 1901 through 1903, there was a very professionally done German excavation of the walls of Jericho, and they, they discovered that the walls were pushed down. Somehow they had been pushed down, and they were flattened in that sense. They were just pushed straight down. And the only part of the wall that was not pushed down was one area where there were two houses on the wall, on the outer part of the wall, which would have appeared to have been the poor area of the town. And they surmised that is where Rahab the harlot and her family lived. So you can imagine that the angels were instructed, push it all down except for this one area over here where the scarlet thread, the cord is hanging out. Don't push that. That woman has a, she has a covenant with us. So she's under grace. She's protected. And my friends, she was praise the Lord. Mm -mm. God is ready to do miracles in your life. As you move forward, the angels are there. You may not see them. Although there could be times when you might be allowed by the Holy spirit to see them through the manifestation of the gift of discerning of spirits. Or other times you may sense them, but get ready for the miracles to happen as you move forward to possess your specific inheritance. Praise God. Very quickly, I want to share something from 2 Samuel. And I've always found this very, very interesting. But I saw something special happen because I had a vision just the other night. This was within 48 hours that this happened. And I want to show this to you. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. That would be the Philistines. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perazim, which means Lord of the breakthrough. Now, let's go to verse 22. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, or as it says in the Latin, the Valley of the Titans. Verse 23, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees, and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. 
For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. I received a good email from one of our ministry partners in Germany asking, Pastor Stephen, when I'm speaking in tongues, should I be aware of any shifting of the sound of my prayer language? Well, in some ways, sure. If, that, if there's a shift or a notice, noticeable difference in the type of tongues and that changes, Yes, you can be aware of that, but unless the Holy Spirit gives you the interpretation of those tongues, it still it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean anything unless you're being able to understand what it is you're praying in the Spirit. But I would also say this, along with that listening, there's not just the listening of the tongues, but there's also the listening of what can actually be heard in the Spirit realm. Can you see things? Yes, but you can even also smell things, but you can also hear things. And I have had times where I have heard uh, it would sound like rustling in the tops of trees, and that's angels that are moving. And anytime you ever hear that supernatural movement in the spirit realm, and trust me, you'll know it when it happens, just be ready because something's about to break out and break through. Because mm -mm, that, that is the angelic army moving on your behalf. God's moving with you. He's with you. Now, I had a vision where I had leaned my head back. And this was only about like a day and a half ago. I leaned my head back just to rest for a moment. And when I did and closed my eyes, I could see something in the spirit realm. And I saw a bulldozer. And when I saw it, I, I immediately knew it was one of the caterpillar bulldozers. And it was a real big one. But I noticed that one of the tracks was off. You know, they run on two tracks. But the track on, on the right had come off. And it, it wouldn't work. The bulldozer wouldn't go anywhere. And it was right in front of a big wall. And I knew that thing was supposed to bust this wall down, knock this, knock this giant opening through this wall. And I was looking at the bulldozer and... I thought, wow, I sure wish that thing was working right. When suddenly I heard pop real loud and the tract got shoved back on and that thing was ready to go. And then as I looked at it, the bulldozer changed and it turned into this huge angel. It, it was actually an angel anyhow in the, in the geyser form of a bulldozer. And when I looked at the angel, the angel had written over its chest. It had written over it breakthrough. Wow. And I knew that the Lord of the breakthrough with the breakthrough angels beneath his command were ready to roll. And that thing was ready to start up and go. But I said, Lord, as I looked at it, I said, what caused the deficiency? What caused the, the, the bulldozer to stop? What caused the track to come off the wheelbase so it can't go anywhere? And the Lord said, it ran out of fuel. <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean it ran out of fuel? He said, it ran out of praise. And the Lord said, when you praise me, it causes my presence to come. And with my presence comes the angels. Let me say this. When Zechariah saw the angel Gabriel there in the holy place, standing at the right of the altar of the incense, Understand that right on the other side of that veil is the Ark of the Covenant, and between the cherubim is where the presence of the Lord is at. And the Lord's presence was always there. 
So wherever the Lord's presence is at, His angels are there. I present to you that that wasn't just a moment where um, Gabriel showed up and he was never there again. He was there very, very often, standing any time the priest would go in for the morning and the evening sacrifices. He was always there during those times. But it just happened that that was the first time that Zechariah ever saw him, or that, uh, as far as we know, recorded, other priests had seen him. Now, there was a legend amongst the Jewish sages that Gabriel and Michael were frequently around the temple or tabernacle uh, structure. And that would be because why the Lord's there. So when you praise the Lord, he inhabits the praises of his people, but those angels also, the very powerful angels come as well, wherever he's at. And my friends, when you praise the Lord, the angels, they're ready to roll. They receive strength from the Lord and they're ready to go and do what they're called to do. And so what I would like to ask you to do is that while you pray and while you believe, I just ask you to just pour the praise out to the Lord over the next 21 days. Just praise him, just praise him and walk and pray in the spirit and praise him, praise him and just shout, God, you're mighty. You're able to do this. You're mighty because it truly is not by our might or power, but it's by the Spirit. It's by the power of the Spirit, says the Lord. So we want God to come on the scene and do things, hallelujah, that are great and mighty, and see the walls fall down, just a rout. Woo, praise God. Well, you go through and you take what God has made available for you. We're going to hear some big testimonies. I feel very confident in my spirit. We are going to hear some big testimonies, and you're going to have one. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So don't, don't let your angels run out of fuel because they're in a dry area where nobody's praising the Lord. No, you be praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Those angels, they'll perk up and say, this, this guy wants it. This guy's hungry. Or she's hungry for God. She loves the Lord. Mm-mm. And God's presence comes. It energizes the angels. Praise the Lord. And you're going to see some crazy breakthroughs. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people that are watching right now. A Pentecostal power anointing. Let it touch them with great praise and great thanksgiving with great praise and great thanksgiving that for the next 21 days the father I thank you they've sowed their gold seeds their golden offerings so father for the next 21 days let it be 21 days of praise and thanksgiving non-stop non-stop Thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise and glory. Thank you, Father, for the great miracles that you're doing. We give you praise. Bless your people with the fresh Pentecostal oil. Thank you, Father. Fire and power and the gift of special faith touching them, manifesting in their lives, and the working of miracles breaking forth. We give you all of the praise in the name of Jesus. Say, Amen. Woo. Glory to God. God is with you. Go up and take what is yours. God is with you. Amen. Now, for those that would be watching today's program, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
and High Commander. Well, you can get your life right with him right now. If you would like to receive him into your heart, into your life, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from my sins. Come into my heart, wash all of my sins away, and write my name in your book of life. And I take you now as my God, my King, my Savior, my Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And welcome, my friend, to the family of God. Hallelujah. Let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. And let's pray over it. Woo! Mm, there's angels with you right now. There are angels with you right now. Who you need to get out after this service is over and do some marching. Mm, mm, mm. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. We set it apart as holy through this prayer. And this is now the flesh and blood of Christ, our Savior. Father, as we receive the flesh of Jesus, we thank you that all of your promises are yes and amen. We thank you, Father, that we never have any need to be jealous or envious about anybody else's blessings because we have our own special tailor-made promises designed just for us. And, Father, that's what we will pursue. And we thank you, Father God, that all of those promises are good and they're wonderful. And we thank you, Father God. We thank you. We feast at the table you have prepared for us. And we partake of your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's receive. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask, Father, that if we have committed any sin, that you would forgive us our sins right now. Now, if you're listening to me and you know there's something specific that you need to specifically confess before the Lord, do that right now. Get that taken care of. And Father, we ask that you would forgive us of all sins. Any specific ones that need to be called out, I thank you that your people are doing that right now. And we thank you that the blood of Jesus is being applied to every sin, and all sins are being washed away through his powerful blood. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And we forgive anybody completely who has sinned against us. We bless them, we forgive them, and we move on. We thank you, Father, with a joyful heart. We thank you for the cleansing blood. Thank you, Father, that there's many enemies of the Lord, many enemies of the church. But, Father, Christ died for them. So, Father God, Jesus came to die and to save those who would even hate you. Such is your great love. Father, let your love win their hearts. We thank you. We pray for them, Father. We pray for the enemies of the church. We pray for those that would persecute the church. And Father, we ask that your spirit would move and would reach them right where they're at. And their hearts would be melted. Their hearts would be convicted. And they would get their lives right with you. Thank you, Father God. And see that they would actually see your love. Thank you, Father God. And see Christ high and lifted up. And we thank you. We thank you for this, that you are doing this. Father, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Let us receive the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we ask for trophy souls, the vilest of the vile. We ask for the atheist, the scoffer, the skeptic, the profaner, the cursor. Lord, we ask for the, uh, for the vilest of the vile that you would touch them. They would be trophies in your case of souls. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise that there is nobody so far gone that your blood, the blood of Christ, cannot wash them clean if they will simply turn to you. We thank you, Father God. You're touching hearts right now. We thank you, Father God. Let, it, let this Pentecost be a blessing for you, Father, where your family is increased in the earth and in heaven. We bless you. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. By the Holy Spirit, I would like to call out some healings that are taking place right now. The Lord is healing sinuses and hay fever right now. If that's you and you're you, somebody, you're, you're even, and there's quite a few people, you're tormented by it. The ragweed and the pollen and all of that stuff and all the things are in the air. It's troubling your respiratory system. Receive healing now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now take it. Right now, in Jesus' name, Father, we give you praise, glory, 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 glory to God. Stomach problems, bloating, uh, it would even appear to be like unexplainable bloating and uh, indigestion. Receive your healing now, in Jesus' name, right there in your stomach. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Depression, bordering even on suicidal thoughts. You don't want to commit suicide, but you 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 have even have allowed the thought of it to cross your mind. I break that spirit off of you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Live, you shall live and not die. The devil's not going to take you out. You're not going anywhere. You're staying here and you're doing all God has called you to do. And the life that God has for you is glorious. Step into it. I break that spirit off of you of the depression. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, shout, I'm free. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody's watching me and, and you're listening to me in a wheelchair right now. And the Lord says, if you will get up by faith right now, the strength, his strength will come into your body. Get up right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak strength into your hips, the fire of God into your hips. This is your Pentecostal blessing. This is what you have been waiting for. Today is your day. Get up in Jesus name and walk and praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Now fire is beginning to come over many of you right now. The Holy Spirit Pentecostal fire is beginning to come over many of you right now. If you have never spoken in tongues before, open your mouth right now and begin to speak out the utterance that the Holy Spirit would give you, whatever that would be. Just begin to speak it out on three. Are you ready? One, two, three. Speak it out. Speak it out. Fire. Stand up. Just let it come out. Somebody, you lost the fire. You're getting it back right now. Keep speaking in tongues. Uh, somebody, you've lost a lot of circulation in your legs 
and in your feet. And the Lord is healing you right now. He's healing your circulation right now in your legs. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Somebody tremendous pain in your back, right in that center area of your back down low. You're being healed now. Receive it in Jesus name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody you're smelling. You're smelling eggs, fresh eggs. And that's a representation of new life, a new start, a fresh beginning. Take that. Step into it right now. Glory to God. <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Glory. Glory. Mm, glory. Glory to God. Father, let all prophetic senses begin to open up right now. Let the gifts of your Holy Spirit begin to open up right now. Thank you, Father God. Let your people begin to see in the Spirit. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Somebody, you're beginning to taste in the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Somebody's beginning to taste chocolate. Praise God. Praise the Lord. That means things are going well. Things are good. That's a very good sign when you're tasting the chocolate. Father, we praise you. Good things are coming into your life. Father, we praise you. We bless you. Somebody, you're smelling coffee. That's meaning wake up, get with it, get rolling, get going. Praise the Lord. This has been your wake up Pentecost message. Praise the Lord. Stay awake. Keep marching. Keep praying. So, Father, now we thank you. That we're now going into 21 days of praise, 21 days of thanksgiving, 21 days of praise. Father, we just thank you in advance, in advance for the miracles that are going to take place. Father, we bless you. We bless you. Let genius ideas, let business ideas, let financial solutions let ideas of increase come to your people for financial increase and blessing. Thank you, Father. I speak financial healing over any of your people, O oh God, that would struggle in that area, that would be sick, as we would say in that area. Be healed in your finances in Jesus' name. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Get ready. The angels are ready to march with you. Go up by faith and march and take your land and praise and worship and praise. Have a very thankful heart and watch what God is going to do. Father, I bless your people on Pentecost Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.